Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on this Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball coming up at 6-10 today. Nathan Avaldi on the mound here as the Sox take on the Cleveland Guardians again at Fenway Park. Joining us now is the Red Sox pre- and post-game show host over at Nesson, our friend Tom Karen. TC, how are you? I'm doing well. How you doing, Brady? Excellent. I appreciate you being with us as always. Missed you last week while I was on vacation. Red Sox right now are 49 and 49. They're three and a half games back of the final wild card spot. They're currently in last place in the American League East. Before we talk about the team and the trade deadline, let's talk about your weekend in Cooperstown because you were there for Big Poppy. You did great coverage. I followed it on vacation on Nesson social media channels. That was your first time at the Hall of Fame induction as a worker i know what was your overall thoughts and experience at cooperstown uh really an incredible trip i mean it's a bucket list item anybody who loves baseball should get out there i had been to cooperstown before but never for the induction uh they really do a great job uh on saturday the parade of legends with about 50 hall of famers and you know even even for those of us who've covered the game a long time you feel like a little kid again watching these guys you watched as a kid uh, come back out, you know, but literally I bumped into Johnny Bench <laughs> at one point on Main Street. I mean, you know, for a guy my age, uh, it was really cool. And then to just watch David Ortiz, even surrounded by the biggest stars to ever shine in baseball, he is still the centerpiece, stealing the spotlight. Uh, it couldn't have gone better. I thought he gave a great speech. Uh, I think he counted off. Uh, I counted off about 50 names he included in his speech. People he thanked for everything they did for him. And he went 19 minutes and came back to Fenway Park last night. We had another ceremony for him. Came on the show. You could tell uh, the emotion was catching up with him because it's been a long few days. But what an incredible weekend! And just uh, thrilled to be a part of it. You know, I'm not a guy who parsed through Ortiz's speech and was trying to play gotcha games with him. I did find it interesting he didn't mention Bobby Valentine. Did you think that uh, he should have mentioned? I know they didn't get along. I know the team was awful. I know it was only a year. But he went out of his way to thank everybody else in the Red Sox organization. Yeah, that was pretty funny, especially the way he said John Farrell then took over for Terry Frank Gunn. Yeah. Well, it didn't quite go down that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I wasn't surprised, but it certainly was a, uh, a very obvious omission that, uh, he chose not to bring that year up. Well, I loved watching Big Poppy's speech. I loved the coverage yesterday. We had it, obviously, on the uh, on the radio feed here on DEV. So it was a great weekend for Big Poppy, and uh, it culminated last night at Fenway in front of the hometown faithful. Let's let's look at the team in general. Man, this is a tough spot. They are in baseball purgatory right now. They're three and a half back. They're in last place. They're in last place in the division, three and a half back in the wild card, but they're still within shouting distance of the playoffs. So as the trade deadline looms, what exactly do you think they're inclined to do? I, I really don't know. I mean, I had High and Bloom on the show last night, and I asked him all those questions, you know, how much the next week matters. And he says you can't get caught up in a small sample. But if you go back, uh, 2019 is a great example on the other way. Uh, they probably should have blown that up. They probably could have got more from Mookie Betts if they traded him at the trade deadline instead of after the season. But if you remember, they uh, they went on uh, like a 7-1 and roll right before the trade deadline. So Dave Dombrowski stood pat, and then they lost eight straight immediately after the trade deadline, and that was that. Uh, so, and you know, while, while Heimblum says we can't get caught up in what happens this week, I, I think you can. Because I think if they lose five of the next six, you got to sell. 
because uh, the train is, is starting to pull out of the station here. Forget about last place, even though that's a bad look for this team right now. It's all about the wild card. It has been for three months now, and they're three and a half back. They are in striking distance. But when are they going to get Devers back? When are they going to get Trevor Story back? When are they going to get Michael Walker and Rich Hill back? Uh, when are they going to get Matt Strom back? I mean, they need all these guys because these are key pieces they are missing right now. And if they're five or six out of the wild card race by Sunday, I, I, I find it hard to believe they will invest in any major pieces to add to this team. We're talking with Red Sox insider Tom Karen at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. He's with us every Wednesday here on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. You know, we hear a lot the idea the Red Sox could be both buyers and sellers. Could you see them holding on to Bogarts and making some minor additions to the bullpen while also trading Nathan Avaldi? And Buster Olney said yesterday that J.D. Martinez is perceived to be available. Yeah, I you know, I think it'd be tough to trade Evaldi because their pitching is so thin right now, unless you really are selling. I think I think if they go, you know, there's three ways to go here. They go full sell-off mode, they go 50-50, or they go full buy mode. I don't think they're going to go full buy mode. I really don't think they're going to go full sell mode, you know, and that would be trading Bogarts, trading J.D. Martinez, trading Nathan Evaldi. I think they're going to be, as Buster said, somewhere in the middle. And I think if you're in the middle, you have to keep the pitcher because you don't have much pitching. But J.D. Martinez is a guy who, who would absolutely draw a lot of interest. And I think one guy that hasn't been talked about enough is Christian Vasquez. He's one of the best catchers and uh, best hitting catchers in baseball. And, and we've seen him play in first base. It, part of him playing first base, I think, reminds you that Kevin Ploiecki could be the primary catcher for the rest of this team. So that's an example where you could trade Christian Vasquez, maybe also trade J.D. Martinez, and bring in a first baseman, bring in a pitcher or two. So you're actually keeping your current hopes alive while still selling off some pieces. You know, it was interesting. I was listening to the radio broadcast in the pregame show yesterday, and Rob Bradford was talking, and he brought up an idea that I hadn't thought of before. What if Could Xander Bogart's opt in, stay in his deal. And it's been a foregone conclusion he was going to opt out. But the shoulder is nagging. He's only got seven home runs. He's been largely devoid of power. He's been more of a slap hitter right now, a gap-to-gap hitter than a power hitter. Is there a chance that he could just opt in and make things a little easier for the Red Sox on that front? Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? One we absolutely thought there was no chance of. Now, the fact that he's a Scott Boris client makes me think, no, that wouldn't happen. But to Rob's point, if he continued struggling over the rest of this season, and again, struggling by his standards, remember last night, three hits, two doubles, it's still a guy who can hit. Uh, but if, if, how much more would he get on the open market? Another $5 million a year? That's a lot of money. Uh, but is it a lot of money to uproot everything and go to a new organization when you've been happy here? So, so maybe there is a way to opt in or to say, uh, you know, I'll opt in, but can you add something? Maybe there's a way to get a deal done. I don't see him just accepting what's left on his contract, but I still think there's a chance that he can hit free agency and the Red Sox can get a deal done. TC, let's talk about High and Bloom. I've defended High and Bloom a lot. I'm a fan of the methodology of roster building. I've, I've, all the pitchfork people have been out, and I've been warding them off for, for years on this. But let me ask you this: While I agree with the methodology that High and Bloom employs, 
can is it fair to question the return or the eye for talent is too strong? But look, Franchi Cordero hasn't given them a whole lot. Josh Winkowski hasn't given them a whole lot right now. So some of the guys that he has brought in, while I agree with the deals, they all haven't panned out. Or is it fair to at least question the guys they're getting in these deals? Of course, of course, and you always should. Um, but I mean, it, you know, nobody bats a thousand uh, in the GM's office. Yeah, and and some of the deals have been really good, right? Pavetta alone. Uh, won that deal because uh, well, yeah, Workman and uh, and uh, Embry uh, really didn't amount to anything after they were traded. Uh, the Schwarber deal certainly worked last year. Uh, yeah, Michael Davis is, is hitting pretty well, but Austin Davis has been one of their better relievers. So you go up and down the line. You're absolutely right. So far, the Benintendi deal, you know, Winkowski, it looked like he was making it a good deal, and I still think he's got a good future, but maybe he's better off as a reliever this year. And Cordero has regressed to the means. There's no doubt about that. But there's three more minor leaguers in that deal. Uh, you know, the Hunter Renfro for Bradley deal, Bradley hasn't uh, improved enough at the plate. But you got two minor leaguers there. So, you know, these, these are all long-term uh, deals that you have to look at from a, from a wider view. Uh, but, sure, absolutely, he has not blown away uh, what they've gotten. I mean, it begins with the Mookie Betts deal, right? Verdugo's been good. Uh, not great, uh, and and Jeter Downs, you know, we'll see, but the bat certainly looks like you can question it. Uh, Connor Wong hasn't had much of a chance. Uh, meantime, Mookie Betts is being Mookie Betts. So, I, you know, sure. Have you gotten enough in some of these deals? No. What frustrates me is that there seem to be people who are just like, the Red Sox are cheap, Bloom is cheap, and Papelbon was ripping him on uh, on WEEI last week saying he's trying to bring the Rays to Boston. So it's like you want him to spend, 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 spend. What people seem to realize or fail to realize, I guess, is that all the good teams in baseball are trying to find these nickel and dime type guys. The Yankees are in first place by a zillion games. I didn't check my bingo card to see Jose Trevino and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Miguel Castro being big ticket items this offseason. No, that's exactly right. And and if you look at, you know, I, I guess the Dodgers are the gold standard right now in baseball, right? But Andrew Friedman uh, built up the farm system before he started adding the big pieces. I still think Hyam Bloom will get to that, and I, I actually think Raphael Devers will be the guy that, that they have. I mean, he's so young. He's a cornerstone piece. I can understand. I love Xander Bogarts, and I think they should keep him, but I understand from a strictly statistical uh, analysis why maybe you don't want to tie up the long-term money in him at this stage of his career as he enters his 30s. Uh, so I get some of those. I get you know the, the guys who are closing in on free agency. You know, J.D. Martinez and Christian Vasquez and Nathan Valdi, I get not wanting to overspend on any of those. Devers, though, represents a young guy, a cornerstone guy that you have the resources to get done. And to me, that'll be the litmus test. If they let Devers go or if they trade Devers, then all the criticism is fair. Then Bloom really does uh, want to operate uh, with the Tampa Bay ethos. But I think he wants to be the Dodgers, and I think – he is still, yeah, with year three, I asked him last night, how far along are you in the process? He says, you never really get to the end point. You keep building. Uh, but it's, you know, it's going to take time for him to fix up the farm system and then add those cornerstone pieces on the top of the entire foundation.
TC, I'll get you out of here on this. You've been running around. You were in Cooperstown. You're covering the team. I don't expect you to have a full draft report here for the Red Sox, but I was on vacation as the draft was going on. Just kind of what you're hearing about how the Red Sox did in the draft as a whole. Yeah, I mean, the reports are, and the scouts I talked to say they did well. Uh, A couple of guys they took a chance on. If they can sign them, they've done really well. Uh, a couple of guys, uh, were, you know, fell to them because uh, other teams are worried they could not sign them. But if the Red Sox are willing to pay overslot on some guys, underslot on others, they did that last year, if you remember, uh, kind of surprising to people with some of their picks, picking guys a little higher and paying them less to save money for guys they could sign later. And that all sounds a little convoluted, but in the end, uh, if they sign all the guys they drafted, I think it's a very, very good draft, and it will continue the development uh, and the building of that foundation we just talked about. Well, we'll see how the rest of the roster building goes here over the course of the next week. Red Sox and the Guardians tonight with our coverage beginning at 6-10. Nathan Evaldi on the mound looking to get right. He hasn't been the same since coming back from the injured list a couple of weeks ago. Tom Karen, Red Sox and Bruins insider over at Nesson. No bees talk today. All Sox TC. Have a great week. We'll talk to you in seven days, and we'll see uh, who's still on the roster by that point. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be uh, next Wednesday. It'll be interesting. It'll be the morning after, and the dust will be settling, and uh, we'll have to figure out what that all means.